Welcome to Metal Injections, the Squared Circle Pit. Today's special guest, Adam Hubbard from Pillagen Words. And now, here is your host, Rob Huffman. It's Rob. I am hyped. Hyped because I moved to a new apartment and there's no longer too many loud noises from outside my window. There's actually a a pretty nice little corner here where I could record stuff. So look forward to more Squared Circle Pits in 2018. I'm very excited for today's guest. Recommended by a previous guest, Stavros from the Atlas Moth. It is Adam from Skeleton, which Adam asked me to come on the show. He said he'd love to do the show. He's a big wrestling fan, and that's what I like to hear. And since Wrestle Kingdom was last week and Adam watched Wrestle Kingdom, we went through basically every match on the show and gave our reviews of the show. I really, really liked it. I highly recommend if you find yourself a little tired of the repetitiveness of WWE to give New Japan a shot. If you have Access TV uh, on cable, they have a show on Friday nights every week. It's a great way to start getting into it. And they had a live special on Access for Wrestle Kingdom. So you could uh, it's a good way to start. Good way to do all of that stuff. I'm a little bummed because the Royal Rumble is, of course, later this month. And it's the same day I'm going to be flying back from Los Angeles because I'm going to be at the NAMM convention. So I don't know how I'm going to do that. I was hoping to have a big rumble party, but now that's those plans are canceled because I'm going to be landing as the rumble is happening. Thinking I'm probably going to watch some of the pre-show on the flight and then speed through it when I get back to my uh, my home. But I'm kind of bummed about that. Definitely, gonna, well, I'm definitely going to watch the NXT show from the night before on the flight. I know that's for sure. But we'll see about the the rest of the show. These are total first world problems. You don't need to be bored by them. Let's get to my interview with Adam where we talk about Wrestle Kingdom and some general wrestling convo about how he got into pro wrestling and all that good stuff right now. Now entering the squared circle pit, we have the front man of Skeleton Witch, Adam Clemens. Adam, thank you for stepping into the pit. (laughs) Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Now, Adam, when I talked to Stavros, he mentioned uh, Stavros from the Atlas Moth a few episodes ago. He mentioned that you're one of his main wrestling buddies. You guys have like a wrestling click. Oh, so, absolutely. Is that fair? Now, how long have you been watching professional wrestling? Um, I got into it pretty young, actually, because I grew up with two older sisters who were pretty into wrestling when I was growing up. So I started watching like when I was like four or five. That's awesome. What was, do, you, do you know what your like earliest memories are of uh, what happened there? Oh, yeah. Honestly, like I tell people this all the time, but like the first cognitive memory I have as, as just like a human being was watching uh, Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. Because I remember my, my dad had ordered it on pay-per-view and it was like a big family get-together and I was just mesmerized by it. And I couldn't from, – from that point on, it just became – like a big addiction basically that's so funny because my first cognitive memory is also a wrestling memory uh it's a little <laughs> earlier it was the saturday night's main event where andre the oh, giant nice. beat hulk hogan for the title and then sold it to ted dibiase uh yeah, just remember getting absolutely. together with my whole family like everybody loved it the whole neighborhood watch wrestling that was actually i believe like the highest rated 
wrestling show ever on television. It got like some crazy. Oh, I believe it for sure. 40 or something like that. Uh, But yeah, I remember WrestleMania six as well. Uh, I actually watched it in my elementary school auditorium because my principal, for some reason, would show the big pay-per-views to give like the teachers a day off or whatever. And it was well, you had a badass school. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so that, that's pretty cool. Were you rooting for warrior? Do you remember? Or were you rooting for Hogan? See that, that was like one of the things for me too, because I was a big warrior guy, but before that I was a Hogan guy, like diehard, you know, like Hogan was Superman to me as a little kid. So it was, it was kind of a weird situation because it was the first time watching wrestling where I, I honestly didn't really care. I like, I kind of wanted both guys to walk away winning, but so it it was a little strange, but at the time, I think, you know, I think I was a little bit more of a warrior guy at the time, just because he was a little bit newer and he was getting pushed a little bit harder at the time. Right. Right. And he looked way more metal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was, that was part of the thing too. I loved his entrance so much. It was so high energy. I was like, you know, when you're that young, it just like hooked you so fast. Yeah, I agree completely. And did you ever have a moment where you kind of got out of uh, touch with wrestling, where it became uncool? It, yeah, of course. Uh, me and Stavros are actually a, a little bit similar in that respect. Cause, like, it wasn't like I got too cool or I hit that age where like I didn't want people to know that I liked wrestling. It just, to me, wrestling started to get a little lame at the time, like now looking back at it, I'm totally into it, but like ruthless aggression era, I started kind of quote unquote tapping out a little bit right there. So I did stop watching for a few years. And then, um, one of my good friends from back home started getting back into it. And he was like, man, you got to see this. You have to start watching the new product. And I was kind of just like poking fun at him because I was one of those guys that was like, you know, wrestling was great back in the day, kind of whatever kind of attitude towards it. But once I started watching again, I like instantly got rehooked. And Bray Wyatt was definitely one of the ones that kind of re-sucked me into the product. I see. So, like, what what was the era? Like, what do you remember the show or whatever? Your first one back, where your friend was like, "You gotta watch this." Was it a WrestleMania or something? I don't remember the specific show. I think it honestly was probably just a Raw or uh-huh. SmackDown or something. But the Wyatt family came out, and I hadn't seen anything that character-driven in so long. And I know I hadn't been watching and whatever, but, like, it just – it harkened back to the time when, like, I, I enjoyed, like, watching a guy like Jake the Snake Roberts talk on the mic or, like, just his presentation, the way he walked and everything, like, the Wyatt family had that in spades, so I just like instantly got sucked back in. Yeah, I agree, and that was a good time uh, to do it. It's kind of a shame what they've done with Bray Wyatt ever since his character hasn't really evolved <laughs> at agree. all. Uh, I feel like it's a very missed opportunity, you know? Uh, yeah, I'm glad we didn't end up seeing that uh, Sister Abigail situation go down because that looked kind of strange to oh, me. Oh, that looks so bad. That looked like a total wrestle crab moment that they... We're yeah. very lucky. And then got Finn Balor's like pumpkin face paint. I couldn't get over that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I feel that they've sort of ruined Finn Balor as well. As soon as he got up, like they nailed it in NXT. But as soon as he came back from that injury, uh, they just didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I feel like, you know, to a lesser extent, I feel like it's almost been the same type of situation with Seth Rollins. Where he like when he was a heel and had those belts like he was the best thing going like he was so good and so convincing 
And I feel like they've been kind of struggling to just kind of fit him into something. Yeah, and I agree Finn with Balor's you well, yeah. the exact same way. Yeah, they didn't know how to – They well, WWE's main problem really is they don't know how to write faces. They only know how to write uh, uh, heels, and that's the only way to get over as a face is to be a heel and be so good as a heel that people start cheering you. You're kind of seeing it now with, like, Rusev and Samoa Joe. Even. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and so I agree. Like, some, uh, Seth Rollins, I mean, you're not as bitter about it. Like, the, not you specifically, I mean in general, because he's still at the top of the card, he's still relatively pushed, yeah. but I agree, they haven't done anything with the character uh, since he came back, and they kind of messed it up at first, because he like the people were cheering him, but they were trying to force him in as a heel, and nobody wanted that, yeah. especially because Roman was getting all that negative energy at that point. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, but so how did you start getting into uh, New Japan? Because obviously the, the crux of our conversation today will be Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, that ended up just being me. Like, I'm I'm one of those people, once I get into something, I have to have, like, all of it or nothing. You know what I mean? So once I got back into wrestling, I realized there was so many different promotions that I was unaware of. You know, I never got the chance to watch any Japanese wrestling growing up. Like, that wasn't. You know, without the internet and YouTube, like there was, you can't go watch New Japan. Right. Yeah. Well, it was so much harder I, in the '90s and uh, early 2000s for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, exactly. I want to ask actually, did you just watch WWE or do you also watch WCW, ECW? Well, I watched. I was actually kind of a WCW diehard at the time because oh, I was really? such a Sting guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was all about NWO and like that whole angle is amazing to mm -hmm. me. And I was like the perfect age for it. I was just turning into a teenager and shit. So it was like, this is the best thing ever. Agreed. And then Austin came yeah, along I and mean, it's like, no, that's the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the tide turned real fast. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but back to the but, Japan yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, I just, I started getting back into WWE. And then I, you know, I had heard of TNA, but I had never watched it once. So I went on YouTube and although, you know, material is slightly slim there, like I got to see some really cool matches with people I didn't, I wasn't aware of Samoa Joe, like AJ Styles. Um, and then from there I ended up discovering new Japan via YouTube, of course, and just instantly got hooked at just like the sheer just energy and like quickness that they have in those matches is it, instantly reminded me of watching the cruiserweight division with wcw which i was always a big fan of so i got hooked on that right away as well right you just remember like oh yeah there isn't just one style of wrestling that being the monotonous wwe style which i kind of feel like at this point every match is the same match same formula yeah, totally uh so do you remember what what so you started like tna is kind of what open your mind to like wrestling outside of WWE post 2001 after the WCW collapse. Yeah. Do you remember what it was specifically that got you into new Japan? Was there a specific match or event for me? It was wrestle kingdom uh, nine. Was... Yeah, there wasn't anything like, I can't remember specifically, but it was an Okada match and I can't exactly remember who it was against, but it just blew my mind. And then from there I ended up seeing uh, Shinsuke. And it was right before Shinsuke got signed to NXT. So when he showed up in NXT, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be incredible. That's another guy they fucked up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. whatever. I mean, <laughs> I he's still, he's still okay. I agree. 
he's salvageable, yeah. but they completely sacrificed him. I feel for the gender push, which just went nowhere. You know. Yeah, it was interesting because they brought him in with like such like a silent push in a way where like he didn't wrestle for a couple weeks or whatever it was. And like, they just, they made him seem like he was going to come in and just dominate like Oscar has done, but like they just didn't give him that push. And now I feel like he's in this weird kind of lull zone where it's like, you know, how do they go about giving him that correct push at this point? Yeah. I feel like, uh, I agree with you completely. He's kind of, lost on the shovel very similar to what you were saying with seth rollins uh and yep. one way to to completely fix that to completely undo it immediately is just have nakamura win the rumble face aj at yeah, wrestlemania I, I think that would be awesome yeah i've been speculating over that so hard because i know the way wwe writers work it's, it's going to be a strange pick i think i don't think it's going to be something that's very obvious right like last year randy orton won and it was like uh okay <laughs> like okay i guess this is happening yeah and his match uh, he didn't even he was nowhere near the main event of wrestlemania he was yeah, like exactly fourth on the card which i thought was was pretty <laughs> funny uh but yeah i've been getting into new japan so much and it's become my favorite wrestling promotion and i know that seems like a very snobby <laughs> elitist thing to say <laughs> you know like kind of the equivalent of saying like oh my my favorite metal genres like grindcore or whatever like something but new japan is so to me it's so much more fulfilling than WWE. i watch wwe as well i'm not one of those people that just knocks yeah, yeah. wwe but i've mentioned this on this podcast before the amount of time you put in to watching new japan and the amount of enjoyment you get back that ratio is far greater than for any other wrestling promotion it's so good and I never yeah, feel like I'm wasting my time, even with the smaller shows. Yeah, the the thing I really enjoy about New Japan too is like, you know, Ring of Honor does it as well, and like, but with smaller like indie promotions, like you do miss a little bit. As growing up with someone who watched WWE and WCW, like you do miss a little bit of like the pageantry and the theatrics to it and the storylines because it gives you something else to kind of attach yourself to. And that's one thing I think New Japan does really well because you still see this like absolute top of the line wrestling performances, but you're also getting really cool stories so that the matches mean something to you when you finally get to see them. I agree completely. Yeah, it's it's they have just enough budget to be on par with WWE. Obviously, not exactly as close to WWE's crazy production, yeah, but yeah. it's certainly professional production like for the longest time ring of honor just looked like a joke looked like someone's <laughs> nephew was was in charge of production or something but they've stepped it up now i will say i'm not going to knock it now it's gotten significantly better Definitely. in the last few years but new japan always had that crisp delivery and i like also you know with wwe with their style now with the hd cameras and everything it's so jittery there's so many quick cuts Oh, God. In Japan, you see everything. They don't do quick cuts. They do very, you know, very, like, meaningful transitions with the camera shots. They leave shots on so you see them move in just one camera angle. It's great. Yep. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, too. Like, the, mo the more I watch WWE and, like, someone pointed that out to me, and I can't remember who it was, but I want to choke them so bad because I didn't notice it before. But those like quick zooms and the weird camera cuts, I was like, man, like if that would have been one fluid shot, that would have been the coolest spot of the whole match. Yeah. 
and they miss stuff too because of it i feel oh totally i completely agree but all right let's talk so do you watch new japan religiously do you watch just the big shows are you like up on all the storylines how into new japan are you I do have to admit, I mean, I pretty much only watch the bigger shows. I haven't quite delved into it quite yet, but, it, you know, I work a lot and music kind of takes the forefront right, of everything when sure. I'm not working. But, <laughs> yeah. I just, just, but, just to get an idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just, in, in my relaxing time during every single day, the first thing that goes on is wrestling, no matter what promotion it is. So. That's I'll right. eventually get deeper into it. It's just one of those things that I've kind of left untapped at this point. I, I think that's really the, like, that's kind of what happened to me. It was a very natural progression. I would just watch, you know, I got into it at Wrestle Kingdom and then I would watch like the next yeah. big show. And then I noticed on the smaller shows, you know, on the not non-pay-per-view quote unquote, uh, there would just, it would be a lot of, you know, six man tag, eight man tags and whatever. And at first mm -hmm. I was kind of like, oh, this is lame. This is like a non thing. But then I realized like, that's how new Japan, uh, continues their storylines in those eight man tags and 10 man tags instead of like, whereas with WWE, the way they progress their stories is the same two wrestlers just rest, wrestle each other. Uh, you know, five weeks in a row and then have another match at the pay-per-view. And it's like, by the time you get to the pay-per-view, yeah. you're over them fighting each other. But here you only see like a little bit of the two guys in the feud wrestling each other. And then their protégés wrestle. And it, it's a great way to like still keep people interested in the main match without giving it away so much. So that's kind of one thing. I yeah, feel like, I can see that. Yeah. New Japan works with, but yeah. So I started with the big shows and then I would just, I was just like, you know what? I don't care. I just want to see this wrestler right now. And I would like scan through the smaller shows and then I kind of scan less and less because I would get more into certain wrestlers. So who are your, yeah, who, are, totally. who are your guys in new Japan? My guys right now, the guys I'm, I'm most into are, uh, well, you know, Kenny Omega, obviously, but uh, of course, <laughs> I love I love Ibushi, I love Ishii, and I love Okada. Those are my main my my top four. I'll, I'll, Omega's in there too. What about you? Who are yeah, you Ob Ibushi, Okada, and Naito for sure for mm -hmm. me. Yeah, I love Naito. And Switchblade. I love... I've been really impressed with Switchblade as well. Yeah, yeah, Jay White, great wrestler. I actually saw him. He he wrestled in New York. Uh, for Ring of Honor not too long ago. And that was really cool. He had a great match with Will Ospreay. Uh, nice. Yeah. So what was your favorite match on the card? Uh, I have to admit it was probably the uh, junior heavyweight match, the Fatal 4-Way. Ah, that was, in terms of just pure showmanship, that match, that it, was the it was show great. stealer. I agree. Uh, that was my second favorite match of the night. My favorite was Jericho versus Omega because it just had – everything it's like kind of what you were talking about with like it had the story it had the showmanship i did not like what kenny omega was wearing i don't know what the fuck he thought he was doing with that. <laughs> I, I didn't either but whatever i'll, I'll yeah, forget it was a little it. over the top yeah uh but the match itself was so good and they beat the crap out of each other and and they you know it was a really really good angle and i loved when jericho went like they were fighting in the crowd and then Jericho knocks down the ref red shoes. And then he, yep. <laughs> he attacks the ref's son. Who's a young boy who is essentially like they're, they're training. 
uh, and, and also yeah. kind of does makeshift security, and he just attacked him. And since it was no DQ, the ref just had to watch him do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. The best heel stuff. Yeah, I thought that match was great, too, because it was like, it was one of the first matches in a while that I've seen where, like, they introduced hardcore elements, and it didn't feel like, you know, they're forcing this, like, ECW-esque, like, carnage on the match. Like, it, it just felt like a fight. You know, and like, yeah. not like they were trying to push it, just be crazy and do all these crazy spots outside the ring or anything. It just felt like really, really natural, which I appreciated. I agree. The weapons kind of made sense within the, the story and they didn't just yeah, within use the weapons context to use it. them. Right. They like hyped up the use of the table. And then like when Jericho fell through the table towards the end, it was like the big spot that they built towards. It was a very well put together match and the IWGP junior title match. Those are four of the best wrestlers in the world. All four of them are, are just excellent to the point that I feel like Kushida was uh, almost like left behind because <laughs> yeah, all the other guys totally. were just doing so much cool shit. Yeah. Will Ospreay. I'm convinced that man is not human. I don't, I'm really worried that he's going to have to retire by the time he's 30 just because of, like, <laughs> yeah. how much he does every match. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, yeah, and was... Marty Skrull, like, to me, is, like, the absolute perfect, like, late 80s, early 90s heel who's adapted to, like, the new style of wrestling. Because, like, anytime he does anything, it just, it's so purposeful. And his heel tactics are like you don't expect them. It's not like cheesy crap. He's not ripping anyone off. He's he's just like a really really good throwback heel. I very much agree with you, and I've been watching him. I've seen him in a bunch of different promotions, wrestle a bunch of different type of wrestlers, and he can have a great match with anybody. He can adapt to any style. He knows how to put together a fun match that gets the crowd going, and he just knows how to get over. By the even if you've never seen Marty Skrull. By the end of his match, you're going to be doing that like chicken sound <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at him because he's just so cool. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking feel... of which, I actually I ended up seeing your face pop up on uh, the Bola PWG. Oh yeah, I was there. I saw, I saw you in the front row. Hell yeah, I, I was front row for night two. Uh, I didn't. That is so awesome. I didn't realize the protocol, uh, and I actually like. I felt like, oh, since I, since it's front row, you don't have to show up too early. You can just show up at bell time, you know? Uh, but yeah, yeah. it turns out you still, sh you know, we still should have showed up a little early, <laughs> like like a little before <laughs> bell time because, you know, er they were, as I as I got there, they just were letting the front row in and I was like, all right, I'll wait a second. Uh, and then it turns out, like, all the good front row seats were taken and my seat was directly by where the bar area was. So for like the first oh, gotcha. two matches, traffic. yeah, there was so much traffic and I couldn't see some of the match because there were people standing in front of me and I'm like, this is not right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thankfully, it, you're pretty tall. Yeah, no, it, it worked out. It, total first world problem. It was still an amazing show and uh, it was crazy just watching it back and seeing myself react in real time. Yeah, it was funny watching it because like I – the uh, episode you did with Stavros, I had heard that you went there. So I was sitting there watching it and I was like, I wonder if I'm going to see Rob anywhere. And then bam, there you were <laughs> pointing right towards the camera. I was like, oh my God, that's Rob. <laughs> yeah, that, 
that was it was pretty cool <laughs> to see that and uh yeah i i highly recommend going to a pwg i would say don't go to bola because it was it was a mess it's also the hottest time of the year uh oh my it, god it i know like, it seemed like they're from what the regulars told me there were a lot of quote-unquote tourists myself included so uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't like a traditional experience whereas you know some of the other shows would be and it's probably less hectic yeah, I would love to see one of those sometime. That's like, once I found PWG, that's when I was like, it's like watching college basketball, you know what I mean? Where like yeah. everyone's just going for the gold, and it's incredible. Every single match, even if I don't know the guys, I sit there and I'm just jaw on the floor. Like, this is incredible. That's a great comparison to compare it to college basketball. I agree. It It very much reminds me of like that ECW vibe of like these really hungry wrestlers who are going to be really big in about a year or two uh yeah but you know like they're on the cusp of greatness and this is their where they're showing off their greatness it's like a very punk rock yeah, vibe that, that there, kid trevor lee that i saw on there absolutely blew my mind oh yeah he's he's very underrated i feel and also uh he's in tna too uh one of the <laughs> few bright spots of, yeah, of isn't he like the x division champion right now or something Oh yeah, I, I think he might be actually. Yeah, he might be right. I think so. I'm not sure. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about some of the other matches. Uh, we also got. So let's talk about the main event. I like the main event. I was surprised. I did by, as well. I was surprised by the ending. I felt like here's the thing. Like by the time I got to the main event, I watched the show the next night. I got together with a few friends. We started around seven o'clock. Uh, we would we would scan through. You know, like after the match is over. You know, the post-match celebration and some of the intros, we kind of like try to scan through them because we knew it was a very long show. Uh, by the yeah. time we got to that main event, it was like 10, 1030. We felt like we ran a marathon. I know, but unlike a WWE WrestleMania, it was a good marathon. We, we didn't regret a second of it, but it's like absolutely you're you're mentally you're like kind of over it. <laughs> especially after <laughs> especially after the IWGP title match uh uh junior title match that Jericho match I thought the uh Tanahashi J White match was kind of a, a step down too so like you're just you're done with it and then these two guys had to come in and really put on a show and I feel like because they had to start the match to kind of like calm the crowd down and and, and work a little slower uh it it almost not quite lost me, but by the end of the match, I was I was a hundred percent in, and I loved everything they did on that final stretch. Yeah, I, I I agree for sure. I mean, it was definitely a little fatigue for me as well at that point. Um, Okada just blows my mind most of the time, and what I what I kind of realized after watching it a second time was like, I feel like it's one of those situations where. You know, I'm not exactly sure how many times these dudes have wrestled each other in the past, but it almost seemed like they were just trying to figure out their chemistry for like the first half of that match. Because it would it would start getting somewhere and then it would slow down really, really hard. And then finally towards like the second leg of it, it started picking up and then it got really, really cool. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it was definitely I think the reason it was slow at first is because the crowd was already so hyped from the other matches. And that's that, true too, you know? Yeah, they wanted to dip them so that they could, like, you know, it's like a, 
what like a hill a hill and a and a valley so they wanted to get them down yeah totally totally down and, the, and then bring it up with the get him up on the hill so that by the like the last five minutes of that match the crowd was ballistic the crowd was so nuts oh yeah it was just a constant stream of like audience like like noise <laughs> you know like just pure noise. Yeah. And that was so cool that was like anytime i watch those like uh mid 90s japan matches that's kind of what it reminded me of for sure yeah so that match was pretty pretty jamming uh so what did you think about tanahashi jay white i was kind of like Meh. well admittedly that was actually the first time i had watched jay white so i i got into it just based off of the like his style and everything and from there i started looking at other matches so i'm sure you know once i i revisit it again in the future because i love to do that I'm sure I'll probably have a similar opinion because you and me clearly have similar taste, but I don't know. It was just, it was a good introduction for me to see two new wrestlers that I wasn't aware of. So I thought it was a good match. Here's what I thought. I thought on the, like on any other show, it would absolutely be a fantastic match. It would be great and we'd be super pumped into it. But at that position, that late in the show, it's not what yeah. I, it's not what I wanted. I like I I feel like we even scanned through the early part of the match a bit just to get to kind of the end. Also, because Tanahashi seems to be so injured right now, I like he has the bicep mm-hmm. thing, his knees fucked up. So it's kind. Of, but even still, like you wouldn't even know it. Like he was doing his uh, move, the high fly flow, which is essentially a a splash off the top rope to the outside. Like, a guy yeah. with bad knees should not be doing that. <laughs> not at all. Absolutely. Uh, and then before that, uh, I believe it was Cody versus Ibushi. That, that match, match was much was better. Incredible. Yeah. What did you think of it? No, the storytelling there was really, really good. And, like, I had only seen Cody actually, in um, the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament or whatever it was. And... I, I loved it. Like that dude is so talented and it was really, really cool to see him and Cody going at it. Cause I felt like their styles complemented each other really well. I agree. And I then thought... when, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. When Cody did that crossroads off the apron, that was the most insane spot of like the whole night for me. Like I was just sitting there like, Oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. That spot was so cool. I love like, holy that. shit, man. Ibushi, not only does he do insane moves, he's the best seller. He can make anything look like a gunshot to the head, and he made that look so yeah, it, vicious. Yeah, he does the Shawn Michaels selling like perfectly. Yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison. Yeah, Ibushi's my favorite overall. Like he's just he can have a great match with like like a great mat wrestling match, a great high flying match, a great comedy match, any type of match. The dude can do it all and. Yeah, like with Cody, I always felt like, you know, I like Cody. He's over with me, but I, I felt like his matches on the indies and Ring of Honor, they're like, okay, they're all right. This yeah. match was awesome. This was off the charts. This was great. Both of these guys Yeah, did it was perfect. honestly my favorite match I've ever seen Cody have. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. I can't think of a – I mean, uh, my favorite match he ever had actually was the one where it was him and Goldust versus The Shield. And like Dusty Rhodes is at ringside. Did you did you see that one? This was oh like yeah, yeah. Authority. I do remember that one. That was that, like just just for like all the sentimentality of having Dusty there. That was like a 
a great match. But I agree, this one is right up there. And I like that they're kind of pushing this whole Omega versus Ibushi feud through Cody and in doing so kind of starting a Cody versus Omega feud. Yeah, I would love to see both those. Uh, I actually skipped a few matches. There was the never open weight match, which I was not looking forward to, but was incredible with Hiroki Goto and Minoru Suzuki. What did you think of this match? I thought it was good. It was one, another one of those situations going into it. I, I had no idea who each wrestler was, and I was pleasantly surprised by it for sure. Yeah, like Suzuki has, he kind of, you know, he's been around forever. He's a legend. Uh, he came yeah, back, I've heard his name a, a ton. Yeah, so he came back to New Japan uh, last year, and he's he's essentially like their truest heel. Like, he he does not go for babyface cheers. He's a total heel. <laughs> he beats everyone up. He's nasty. He has crazy submission game. And this match was so cool. He was destroying Goto. At one point, he had Goto choked off the second rope, and Goto was knocked out. Like, shouldn't like it was weird because like that should have been the end of the match. Goto was knocked out. It's over, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. That's uh, that's exactly what I thought at the time. Yeah, but they let it go. I mean, I you know they wanted the storyline of Suzuki shaving his head, and I have to say, you know, all the hair matches I've ever seen. That ending. Why is that a thing in wrestling, by the way? <laughs> I, I, you know what? I can't answer that. I mean, it was, it was really. I think it started in Mexico when uh, unmasked wrestlers would challenge masked wrestlers to a hair versus mask match. So each one of them would have something to okay. put up. And then I think eventually, See, there just, you are with the history lesson for me. With the emerge into just the, the hair matches. But I liked that. You know, usually in these, it's like you know the heel has to be you know, kept down and like restrained and like going like, no, no, I don't want to shave my head. <laughs> but like with, <laughs> with this one, like Suzuki was like knocked out when he came to, he was like, no, I, I agreed to a stipulation. I'm a man of honor. I'm going to honor my stipulation. And he still like did it like a heel. Like I love that he shaved his own head and was like, here, you happy? Now leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much the most badass way you could have ended that match at that point. I agree. Yeah, exactly. There's no, <laughs> there's no other way, no cooler way uh, to make Suzuki look. And then I like, I don't know if you watched the show the next night. It was kind of like their Raw after WrestleMania, New Year's Dash. I did not see it, but Stavros told me about it. Yeah. Uh, well, I recommend it. It was actually a great show. Very easy watch, much shorter. <laughs> and there was fun angles. And the angle that they did there was that Suzuki was just like so pissed. So annoyed, and then he just took it out on Tanahashi. It just choked the shit out of Tanahashi. <laughs> so awesome! I'm excited for that. I'll That's the that match out. that I wanted at Wrestle Kingdom. So I'm glad they're going to yeah. finally do that feud. Yeah, absolutely. Then we had the IWGP Tag Team Title match. Uh, we had the Killer Elite Squad: Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer against Evil and Sanada. Uh, this match I thought was better better than expected. I came into it with kind of low expectations. Uh, Killer Elite Squad, I'm not like too up on, and I was I'm always like, oh, they're right, but they they were very two big impressive dudes who can move. Davy Boy Smith Jr. has gotten so much better since his WWE days, and on the other side, Evil I think is you know a good wrestler. Sonata I think totally underrated. Total should be in the world championship picture. And he, in fact, is right now. He's going to be the next challenger 
uh, to Okada. Uh, so, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that was another thing they set up uh, at the New Year's Dash. Uh, so I think it's kind of cool. I, it's cool that Sonata and Evil mm-hmm. won the titles. Uh, what did you think of this match? I thought it was great. Um, I was really interested just because I had heard of Davy Boy Smith Jr. I just never watched him. And then I really enjoyed like just seeing him walk through the curtain. Like he gave the ode to his dad there with kind of his gear and like a couple little poses there. And I was instantly pretty hooked on that just because I'm a big Heart Foundation fan. Um, but Sonata absolutely for me stole that match because another guy didn't know who he was and his athleticism and everything was just off the charts. So I enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely one of the matches that I want to rewatch, just being unfamiliar with the guys. But mm. I thought it was pretty good overall. Yeah, I agree. It, like I said, it exceeded my expectations. And, and so I think what the angle is now is Sonata challenged Okada for the world title. And Okada was okay. like, well, if I give you a world title shot, I want a shot at the tag team title. So I think that's really cool that they're kind of interesting blending those two titles into a, into a storyline. I think that's a unique thing that you don't see every day, you know? Yeah, totally. And then moving right along on the card, we already got Ibushi versus Cody. Uh, also, Brandy Rhodes was pretty great here, too. Uh, Cody's oh, wife. Dude, yeah, that... Uh... She, that shit that they did outside when they were selling that, uh, like, whatever happened, she got dropped or whatever, and yeah. then Cody lays next door and started laughing. I was like, that's the best shit ever. Like, that was so good. Yeah, that was, like, really good heel stuff. They're really good, and she is just so stunning, I feel. And, like, I love that they have matching outfits. And I love, like, the baby face Ibushi, like, picking her up, being like, oh, no, what did I do? You know, like, yeah, totally. Like, everyone looked great in that. I agree. I also enjoy that Cody went for the really uh, classic Rhodes look with the dyed blonde hair. Yes. Like, Got to cheer him on for that one. For Like when I when I read about it, I thought, oh, that's probably going to look stupid. When I saw it, I'm, I was surprised <laughs> it took him this long to do it because it looks so good. It looks way better than. Oh, yeah, movie. absolutely. Uh, apparently he did it for a movie. Uh, that's that's what I heard Meltzer say. So hopefully he keeps okay. it up. Uh, then we had the potentially like the most useless titles in new japan the never open weight six-man tag team title gauntlet match i mean this is all right i it was cool to see ishii zack saber jr both those guys got spotlights war machine got a spotlight it was just basically like here's a bunch of wrestlers who we think are great but they don't have storylines so let's throw them all into one match yeah, I had heard a ton about War Machine, so I was pretty excited going into that match. But I don't know. Overall, as you said earlier, it could have just been the fact that, like, you know, it's a, it's a long show, so it's hard to invest in every single match. Even even if you're like a super huge nerd about it, like we are, like there is certain matches where it just you know the steam kind of gets taken out for a minute, and that was one of the matches for me where it just it didn't really connect with me super hard, like. That War Machine looked really cool, and there was a couple cool spots here and there, but overall, I, it was kind of whatever for me. Uh, yeah, and really, like some of those gauntlet matches were like two minutes. You know, how, how, do, how do you really tell a story in that? Yeah, and, and the card started out with that Young Bucks match, yes. which I'm such a huge Young Bucks fan that I was like, in, I was on a super high note. So, like, the next few matches, I was just kind of watching with very judging eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, Young Bucks kicked off the show 
with Rapungi 3K, which is a new team of Show and Yo, who are two who awesome wrestlers. Yeah, they're both like this match. I had high hopes for this match. It exceeded my expectations. It was great. Yeah, it was amazing. It was hands down probably my second favorite match of the night. Like it was, it was so good, and I didn't know the team that Young Bucks was facing. So like seeing two new wrestlers like that, like put on that type of match, I was like instantly like, all right, well, New Japan is my favorite thing right now. <laughs> yeah, they know how to start a show for sure. Oh, it was great. Yeah, and then there was the New Japan Rumble. I did not watch the New Japan Rumble. That was on the pre-show. Did you happen to see it? I, I did sit through it, but again, I was just starting the night off and had a couple people over, so yeah, I ended up just kind of glancing at it every now and then. Yeah, that's the thing, exactly. So you had a by by the end of the night, it was intense. <laughs> it was like that. Yeah, like absolutely. we experienced something. You know, we went through something, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was worth it. It I, was weird I, to me though because it it felt longer than a WrestleMania, and I'm I'm the kind of dude that I'll wake up at 8 a.m. on WrestleMania day and just networks on instantly, and I'm just sitting there watching wrestling until like two in the morning. And somehow Wrestle Kingdom to me felt longer, <laughs> and I don't I'm not sure why. I was I, just so drained by the end of it. I was like, oh my god, I got to go to sleep now. Well, I think because every match was such a roller coaster, and there's so many cool things. Yeah, that's you know, you true. Get, you get so high. You're 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 using so much of your adrenaline <laughs> that by the end of it, you're you're toast. It's like you ran a marathon. Yeah, and I I have to admit too, I'm the type that kind of starts yelling at the TV every once in a while. So <laughs> I oh yeah, some energy myself. <laughs> that's why that's why you get get together with a few people. So it it, it is a communal yelling at the TV. <laughs> absolutely uh cool well, that was wrestle kingdom uh their next big show is next month in february i forget what the name of it is i want to say dominion but i feel like that might be a little later on in the year yeah you would know more than me uh yeah that's i feel like you're just schooling me so far <laughs> Uh, well, I'm uh, kind of uh, obsessed with New Japan. So, oh, the new beginning. Yeah, that's good. The new beginning is their show in February, and it's going to be, I think, three shows. Okay, cool. Uh, so that should be fun. And uh, so, also, Skeleton, which you guys are going to have a, a busy year. You guys worked on a record, right? We did. We uh, wrapped it up the first week of November out in uh, Salem at God City with Kurt Ballou. Now, does Kurt or any of the members of Skeleton Witch, other than yourself, watch pro wrestling? Uh, I know Jake Bannon is a huge yes. I've had him on the wrestling podcast. fan. You yep. you have? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, he's more of a UFC um, guy, but he likes the old school wrestling. He likes like eighties. Well, that's cool. Southern wrestling. Yeah, I heard Stavros actually. I I believe he was making a custom Great Muda figure for Jake. I was like that that's good taste right there. That's amazing. By the way, Sonata, we talked about Sonata. He was trained by the great Muta. That's he, awesome. He does the Muta Moonsault as a tribute to his nice. senpai. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so that was cool. Yeah, so so but none of the other do the other guys at Skeleton Witch kinda like joke about you watching around? Like when you were done with your vocals, would you like go in the corner and watch WWE network or Oh yeah. I mean it is kind of a running joke, basically, because, like, Nate, he's the only other one in the band that has any frame of, like, knowledge about wrestling. He he was into wrestling when he was pretty young. So mm -hmm. he, But we talk about, you know, like, 
super old school stuff like Minnesota Wrecking Crew, yeah. AWA kind of shit. Um, but you know, he has no idea what's going on now, which mm. is totally fine as long as I have someone to talk about it with every once in a while. So that's good. But yeah, all the dudes just kind of <laughs> give me a little crap here and there because I'm obsessed and I'm constantly talking about it or reading about it on my phone or. Yeah, like how do you keep up with it when you're touring? Like, do you do you still try to watch Raw or you just read results? Uh, a lot of times it, it kind of depends on how hectic the touring schedule is, but I usually at least try to give myself like an hour or two at night, like when we're winding down wherever we're staying and just put put something on my phone or the iPad or something. And that's how I unwind on a daily basis. So it's like kind of a ritual. I hear you. Cool, man. Well, I think this is this is excellent. <laughs> Thank you for taking some time to talk about uh, Wrestle Kingdom with me. And I hopefully for anyone listening who hasn't checked out Wrestle Kingdom, go and check it. It's it's been an it was an amazing show. There's English commentary. You can watch the whole show uh, for under ten bucks at njpwworld.com. Or if you're really good with the daily motion searches, I'm sure you can find it for free. <laughs> go out of your way. Go out of your way to watch some of these matches because they're really really good absolutely cool adam we will be looking forward to this new skeleton witch but that is on a different podcast this is strictly about pro wrestling and i want to thank you for taking that's the way i like it taking some time to talk pro wrestling with me absolutely man thanks for having me and we got to get you and stavros and, and maybe we can convince scott kelly i know he's a busy guy get get, get the four of us in a room and we got to just shoot yeah. the shit about pro wrestling that's what I'm talking about. Me and Stavros talked about the idea of a fatal four-way. Let's do this. <laughs> we absolutely have to do it. All right, man. <laughs> that was a really fun time talking to Adam from Skeleton Witch. And uh, if I have to give you a match of the week, it would be that IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match with Will Ospreay, Marty Skrull, Kushida, and Hiromu Takahashi. Could definitely find that on Daily Motion. Maybe by the time I post this, I'll find it in bed. It'll be on the post. Everyone will be happy. We could all enjoy New Japan together. That's going to do it for this episode of Squared Circle Pit. I will be back later this month. I'm working on a lot of really, really cool guests. Uh, not just dudes in bands. Wrestlers, dudes from behind the scenes that are metalheads. And... Hoping to do a lot of cool episodes in 2018. Of course, if you have a suggestion on somebody you'd like to have on the show, or you'd like me to have on the show, I would love to hear from you. Tweet me at Rob Injection. Squared Circle Pit has its own Twitter. Twitter.com slash Squared Circle Pit. No E in circle. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Square Circle Pit. Square Circle Pit. I'm, uh, I, can't, I can't talk anymore. So uh, on that note, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Come